What is up, divers? Welcome into the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Kabour, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on my main platform being Twitter, at DeepDiveFF, or on Instagram, at DeepDiveFantasyFootball. Also, if you are hungry for Dynasty content, join the Rewind team at Dynasty Rewind on YouTube and Twitter, where you can get my draft sheets and much, much more. With that being said, let's get to the content. What's up, divers? Welcome into another episode of Deep Dive Fantasy Football. Today, we are going over the Los Angeles Rams. Not too much changes on the offensive line, so we can knock that out the way super quickly. They added offensive guard Steve Avila in the second round, and that's pretty much it. So don't have to look too far in the offensive line. Now, when we look at the skill positions, there was definitely some changes. They lost quarterback Baker Mayfield. They lost wide receiver Odell Beckham officially, and they lost wide receiver Allen Robinson. Oh, no. Allen Robinson, guys. He's going to be so good. Psych. Um, so that didn't work out, and I really don't think he's going to do anything for the team he moved to, Pittsburgh. That's why I didn't even talk about him on the Pittsburgh podcast. But that's enough with who they lost. Let's talk about who they added. They added wide receiver Puka Nakua, 177th overall in the NFL draft. Not usually something that you're super confident in turning out in a positive way. You know, it's a super late pick. However, Puka Nakua is somebody that I do think has a chance to compete for the second wide receiver role and be the third target for the team. Now, it might not happen quickly, it might not happen fast, but it still might happen. So just keep your eyes on him. They added Zach Evans, hella late. He's a good stash for possibly, or for the possibility of an Acres injury. So he's somebody that I like in the end of Dynasty drafts or off the waiver wire. And they also added my boy Tyler Johnson at wide receiver. He's a deep long shot stash. He's probably not going to turn into anything. But if you've got those super, super deep leagues, like I got a 32 team league, a 14 team league with like, uh, I don't even know, 14 person bench or something. If you've got those spots that you just don't even know what type of players to fill them with, throw Tyler Johnson on there. And then let's look at defense. They lost linebacker Leonard Floyd. He got he signed a seven million dollar one year deal with somebody, so really not a huge loss. They also lost linebacker Bobby Wagner for a one year five million dollar deal, which he went back to Seattle, so he's probably just looking to retire with the team that he spent his career with. And then they lost defensive end Ashawn Robinson for once again a five million dollar one year deal. They added offensive or excuse me, they added outside linebacker Byron Young in the third round and defensive lineman Kobe Turner in the third round. So really when we're looking at the defense, I don't think there's anything too crazy of a change. The biggest one is obviously Jalen Ramsey leaving and getting traded to the Miami Dolphins. Outside of that, I don't see anything too, too crazy. So we'll see what happens. The defense is probably going to be a little bit worse, but it's not going to be too, too bad. And now let's look at the coaching change. They fired offensive coordinator Luke Cohen, and they hired offensive coordinator Mike LaFleur. It doesn't really matter. McVay is the man. He's the one who is deciding the offense, one of those head coaches in the league that do all the play calling. And McVay chose to come back. There was a lot of rumors that, hey, Sean McVay, he's going to retire. He's going to go you know, be a broadcaster for a little bit. Then he'll come back to another team. You know, He won his Super Bowl. He tanked this team traded away their future, all this stuff. 
it's not a great situation anymore. He's going to leave and then come back at a later time. Well, he didn't. He decided to return this season with the Rams. So expect the team to do something. I don't think they're going to fall on their backs like last year because of mainly the Stafford injury. Uh, I think they're going to do some good stuff offensively. So, And their defense is probably going to be around league average. So let's look at 2022. They have... 942 plays, 56% of the time they passed the ball. It was 531 passes for them, 411 runs. They only had 16 passing touchdowns and 15 rushing touchdowns for a total, a grand total of 31 touchdowns on the season. Garbage. 2021, they had 51 total touchdowns on the season. So that's a lot better. That's a 66 0.67% increase. So they had 41 passing touchdowns last last year, as in 2021, compared to 16 in 2022. They had 10 rushing touchdowns in 2021. So when they had their ideal situation, and we know that was their ideal situation because they won the Super Bowl that year. So that's probably what McVay looks at as his like, that's his perfect model, right? Because they won the Super Bowl. So that was a 59% pass rate. They had 1,027 plays, 607 passes, 420 runs, and they had a significant amount of passing touchdowns compared to rushing touchdowns. Now, last year, when we're looking at it, because obviously 2021 offense was great, right? Last year, their offense fell apart. Now, I have to think that the lower pass rate, their 56% pass instead of 59, I have to think that was mainly due to having a non-healthy Stafford. He wasn't healthy while he was playing, and then he wasn't playing at all. So because of that, I think they pass a little bit less than what McVay probably wants. And with him reportedly back and good, I got to think that that pass rate goes back up. So I'm projecting a 59% pass rate, percent pass rate, just like 2021, 41% run rate. And I'm giving them 1,015 plays, less than their Super Bowl year, way more than last year. It's about NFL average. I'm giving them 1,015 plays. That's going to be 598 passes, 417 runs. And after everything that I worked out, it came out to 42 touchdowns for the team, 30 passing, and 12 rushing. So somewhat getting close to that same ratio that they had in 2021, not quite. So let's look at Matthew Stafford. The reports are that Stafford is looking way better in his health post-surgery and recovery. And his efficiency will probably reflect that his efficiency will probably approach now it won't be just right there at the 2021 season but I do think it will approach that in 2021 his efficiency was 67 percent completion 12.1 yards per completion 8.1 yards per attempt which is almost a full point above NFL average and a 6.8 percent touchdown rate now I am projecting for Mr. Stafford a 67% completion rate, the same. 11.1 yards per completion, a full yard less, because you got to think that year he had Odell Beckham, he had Cooper Cup, he had Robert Woods. Well, Woods and Odell are both gone from that situation. Now, they do have some, you know, possibly new guys in there like Puka Nakua, but it's not really going to make a significant difference compared to what they had in Odell and Robert Woods. So I do think his yards per completion is definitely going to take a hit from that Super Bowl season. His yards per attempt is dropping from 8.1 to 7.4 in my projection, but still much better than last year. And I have his touchdown rate at 5.0. Remember in his Super Bowl season just two years ago, it was 6.8. So that's a pretty significant drop in right around what Stafford has averaged in his career, especially when he's surrounded with some, some at least 
one or two decent weapons, which he has on this team. So knocking out his rushing real quick, 30 attempts, 60 rushing yards on the ground, basically useless there. And his passing with everything I just told you, because remember, 598 passes is what we got from the pass rate and the team plays from the base that we always do. And that's with that 598 passes and the efficiency we just went over, it's 401 completions, 4,608 passing yards and 30 passing touchdowns. Comes out to 17.9 points per game. He's a high end QB2. He's right there near Kenny Pickett, who I have way higher than most people, and Jared Goff. So if you trust his health, if you trust his health, he is a good value. If you don't want to trust him because he's been injured and he just had surgery and all this stuff, if you don't want to trust him, that's fine. I don't blame you. But if you trust his health, he is a good value right now in fantasy drafts. Also, I do want to clarify one thing. I always, somebody notices it and always asks me about it every year. So I'm going to address it before somebody does. No, I do not project for interceptions. And part of the reason that I don't project for interceptions is because everything I project for in the sheets has a value to it for fantasy. Well, there are some leagues that take minus four for an interception, some that are minus one, some that are minus two. So if I'm throwing interceptions in there and affecting the fantasy total, it's going to be way too thrown off compared to what somebody should be expecting. So for me, I don't project interceptions. I just include the interceptions in a player's risk rating. So if their risk rating is low, you know, the chance that they throw a bunch of interceptions to the point where it's hurting their fantasy value is low. So it's part of what I include in the risk rating, but I don't project for interceptions. Now, with that said, that's Matthew Stafford. Let's get into his top tier guy, the golden boy, Cooper Cup. Last year, with Matthew Stafford. So while Stafford was, you know, not his old self when Stafford was hurt and not playing well, but with Stafford alone and taking out the rest of the games without him, Cooper Cup had a 31% target share. In his Super Bowl year with Stafford, he had 33% of the targets. And that was with Odell Beckham and Robert Woods with better surrounding talent. So last year, you know, it wasn't as big of a sample size, but it's very possible that that was kind of just like a little bit off and it might go back up to that like 33% target rate. We'll see. Now, I'm going to keep comparing the Super Bowl year to last year when he had Stafford healthy with him. Well, not healthy, but on the field. So in 2021, 77% catch rate. In uh, last year, 76% catch rate. So basically the same catch rate. And remember, targets um, last year, was oh i'm sorry i said it backwards last year his targets was 33 percent which makes sense because odell and woods were not there with odell and woods it was 31 percent so we're looking at he's probably going to be around that 33 percent target share because he's got way less weapons to work with around him um and i was actually just explaining to nate christian if you guys know him not explaining but just telling him something that i've noticed through trends and stuff of all my projections that usually when you have a elite wide receiver that does not have good weapons around him, his target shares between like can go from 29 to 33%. If you have a, an elite wide receiver with really good weapons around him, it's usually more like 25 to 28%. So it kind of depends, you know, it's, it's situation dependent as well. And let me tell you, Cooper Cup has the best situation. But before I get to that, we're going to finish his efficiencies. Last year with Stafford, he had 11.3 yards per reception. In 2021, the Super Bowl season, he had 13.4. His yards per, ta- per target were 8.7, and last 
two two years ago, and his Super Bowl season was 10.2. So that's another big difference. Last year, he had six of the eight touchdowns thrown by Stafford. Six of eight, a 75% clip. In the Super Bowl year, with better weapons around him, he had 16 out of 41. That was a f- just under 40% rate. He is an absolute monster. His targets went up once Odell and Woods are gone. They're still gone. There's no significant contributors that have been added to that offense. He is the poster boy of target domination and a target-dominant situation because he is, one, an elite wide receiver. Two, that team has a pass-heavy mindset. So he's an elite wide receiver in a pass-heavy attack, and he has mediocre to bad surrounding talent. So his target share can go through the roof. He will draw a minimum of 31% of the targets. I'm projecting 32%. You just saw that last year. It was 33%. I'm projecting 32 with upside for 33-34. His efficiency between last year and 2021, we're right there at about the 32% target rate and giving him the efficiency between everything else, you know, yards per target, yards per catch, catch rate, all that stuff. If I give him the efficiency right smack in the middle between last year when Stafford was hurt and he didn't have good weapons around him and Stafford was great and had good weapons around him, if we give him the efficiency between those two things, because we're assuming that Stafford is good now, right? If we do that and you're not too worried about um, Cup's ankle, which I'm not too worried about it. So if you're not worried about it, he's already been practicing and stuff. He's back in practice, participating in drills and stuff like that about a week and a half now. So if you're not worried about his ankle and he's still got plenty of time to recover, which I'm not, he should be doing a lot better than what he was producing at last year. For me, that's a 76% catch rate, 12.5 yards per reception, like I said, in the middle. And giving him 40% of the receiving touchdowns. So actually, over the last two years, he's had 45% of the receiving touchdowns. He had 39% in 2021 in the Super Bowl year, and I'm giving him 40% now. So he definitely could be getting more than that. His touchdowns, I have him projected at 12. If Stafford throws for 30, which is what I have him projected for, then Cup should be getting... Probably about, uh, maybe like 15 of the 30, probably half, because he got more than half last year, and there's no new players, no legit new players that are going to make an impact right from the get-go on this team. And if anything, I mean, they also lost Allen Robinson. So plain and simple, he is Stafford's dude, and that's going to bring him to 191, almost 200, 191 targets. 145 receptions, 1,818 receiving yards, 12 receiving touchdowns, and a little bit of rushing. I'm giving him 30 rushing yards. For me, that is 20, well, for that projection, it's 23.5 points per game. His average last year, when Stafford was not able to push the ball downfield much, was not able to be as accurate, they were not able to do everything they wanted to do in that offense because of those things, he averaged 22.6 points per game. This year, I'm giving him 23.5. Not really much of a difference. He is far and away my wide receiver one. Not a wide receiver one, my wide receiver one. Jefferson is at number two, and Jefferson has 1.8 points per game less than Cooper Cup in projections. Now, Cup does have some post-injury risk, 
I'm not worried about it. If you are, all right, fine. But I'll tell you this. I'm not the only one that's not worried about it. Neither is Vegas. Underdog, specifically, is not worried about him at all. He has, Cooper Cup has one of the highest yardage over-unders out of any NFL wide receiver for the season. His over-unders at 1325. They have Justin Jefferson's, I believe, as the highest, and they have him at 1,395. So there's only a 70-yard over-under difference on underdog between Cup and J. Jeff. So they are not worried about Cup at all either. Otherwise, his over-under would be lower. Now let's talk about Van Jefferson, because Cooper Cup locked and loaded wide receiver one all day. Van Jefferson. He was hurt most of the time Stafford was healthy last year, so we don't have too much to look at. He's not the number two target. Because he is at least behind Tyler Higby. So last year he was out-targeted by Higby in games where both of them were healthy. And just in general, Higby was out-targeting Van Jefferson. Now, Skowronik kept his role when Jefferson returned. Skowronik was that number two wide receiver while Van Jefferson was out. And he didn't really lose too many touches when Jefferson came back. Now that's also because Cooper Cup was then out, but... Skowronic did show that, you know, hey, there's not really that big of a difference between me and, and Jefferson in terms of, like, the targets that we're garnering, the targets that we're earning. Obviously, they get used completely different ways. Jefferson's more of, like, downfield explosive. Skowronic is not like that. But he has had a long time, Van Jefferson, has had a long time to do something, to be something, and he hasn't. He's an okay wide receiver three for an NFL team. He might end up being that for this team. Because wide receiver three, not target three, wide receiver three, because I am projecting that he is the number two wide receiver and the third target for half of the season as Puka Nakua picks up steam and takes over. I do think that Puka has the opportunity. It's a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a a risky bet, I guess. But when you see all the projections, it's not going to be that crazy. But I think Puka has a chance to beat out Van Jefferson over time. Maybe it takes year two as the second outside or as the number one outside wide receiver and the second wide receiver on the depth chart for the Rams, obviously behind Cup. Now, because of this, I think him and Puka will be similar in target share. I'm giving Van Jefferson a 14% target share as a weak number two wide receiver for the team. 57% catch rate, 15.8 yards per reception, four receiving touchdowns, pretty much all kind of in line with what he's been for them. 84 targets, 48 receptions, 754 receiving yards, and four touchdowns. It's 8.7 points per game. I really have no interest in Van Jefferson in any format or any type of uh, league, dynasty or redraft or keeper. Now let's talk about Puka Nakua. He's likely the number three wide receiver to start. I do think he will compete, like I said, against Jefferson as the main outside target. I am projecting him above Skowronik, who saw a 70.8 passer rating when targeted. Skowronik is basically like an athletically limited guy who's just just a guy, just a jag, as many people like to say. Puka has great ball skills to high point the ball, to box people out. You know, let me give him a little basketball shout out. You guys know at least the ones that have been with me for a while know that basketball is my sport in terms of playing and was what I, I played in high school and stuff like that. Nakua shows that basketball ability to just high point the ball, box people out, contort his body, and he plays very tough. He's also a very good blocker. He's good downfield. He's good after the catch. He fights for yards. He's getting good reviews in camp thus far 
I don't think it's crazy to give him a 12% target share, which is what I'm giving him. Now, I am expecting him to be slightly more efficient than Skyronic. Obviously used differently, but I do think he will be more efficient than Skyronic. It's always hard, though, projecting rookie wide receivers because we don't know exactly how they'll be used. We don't know how they're going to handle the transition into the NFL. So rookie wide receivers are always tough to project, but I have him at a 12% target share. And being used downfield also... His efficiency will be boosted by Stafford being healthy compared to, you know, Skowronic not having a healthy Stafford. For Puka, I am projecting a 61% catch rate, a 13-yard per reception total. Four receiving touchdowns is going to bring him to 72 targets, 44 receptions, 569 yards, and four receiving touchdowns. 7.3 points per game. Not concerned about... Um, him in redraft, not concerning myself with drafting him at all, but he is a good draft and stash in Dynasty. See what happens. I like where he's being drafted. Definitely could pick him a little bit higher than where he's going and be fine. Now let's look at Tyler Higby. He's likely the number two target in the offense. Last year, we're going to compare last year with Stafford and Cup. So in the games where Stafford was playing and Cup was healthy, we're going to compare that Tyler Higby to the Super Bowl year 2021 Tyler Higby. All right. So last year, 20% of the targets. Super Bowl year, 16% of the targets. Last year, 63% catch rate. Super Bowl year, 72% catch rate. So he was in his Super Bowl year, he's getting targeted less, but was more efficient. Makes sense. There's better weapons around him. Last year, 8.6 yards per reception. Super Bowl year, 9.1. Last year, 5.5 yards per target. Super Bowl year, 6.7. Last year, he had zero of eight touchdowns remember cooper cup had six of them and super bowl year he had five of 41 that's a very poor rate he's not efficient as a receiver but he is the number two for now i think he returns somewhat close to his efficiency from 2021 i have him keeping last year's target share they lost Allen robinson to pittsburgh they drafted puka nakua and that's pretty much the only change there so i'm giving him the same target share as last year and it's going to bring him out with, you know, with similar efficiency to 120 targets, 86 receptions, 809 receiving yards, four touchdowns, 11.2 points per game. His touchdowns are the biggest issue. The targets are there. 120 targets for a tight end. You can't ask for much more than that. That's really amazing. 86 receptions. Oh, man. What is that for already? 86 receptions. Can't ask for much more than that. Four receiving touchdowns, though, can definitely be improved upon. I have Stafford throwing for 30. Maybe Higby can get seven. If he can get seven, he will go so much higher than he is. Right now, he's a back-end tight end one for me. He could be tight end six or seven if he gets seven-ish touchdowns. But I don't really think that that's a possibility for him. He's never shown an affinity for scoring touchdowns. Stafford has not shown to really care to throw to him much when it comes to that. So for me, it's not really a big touchdown guy. That's kind of what's holding him back right now. That and you could definitely be more efficient with 120 targets than what he's producing. But hey, he's still doing pretty good. 11.2 points per game. Like I said, back end tight end one for me. Now let's look at Cam Akers and we will wrap up the Rams. It's a quick one. Definitely a quick one. Cam Akers. So Running backs, as a position, last year for the Rams got 12% of the targets 
Akers is likely to get about 5%. He's never gotten more than pretty much a target per game in any uh, any season of his career. This, the 5% target share I'm giving him, gives him two targets per game. I think he's going to have similar efficiency to his career. So we'll go over that later and the total of that, but let's look at his rushing. 59% of the running back carries last year went to Cam Akers. In games with trust, he was getting a lot more. He was getting 17 carries per game towards the end of the season. Now, I see that continuing just at a lesser rate as they're not going to have many running back carries per game. So they're going to have about 20 carries to the running back position in my projections per game. I'm giving about 15-ish of those. So 75% pretty much, 77% of the running back share I have going to Cam Akers. 264 carries. A 4.3 yards per attempt average. He's never been better than that. So that's like the top end of his his efficiency. So I'm getting him 4.3 yards per carry on 264 carries. I am giving him 8 out of 12 touchdowns. I really apologize for the yawning, guys. I'm. It's not even late this time. I don't know why. Just talking and talking and talking makes me yawn for some reason. But 8 out of 12 rushing touchdowns I have going to Cam Akers. So that's a good chunk. That's a good portion. Overall for Akers, that's going to be 30 targets, 22 receptions, 202 yards, and a touchdown. And then 264 carries, 1,135 rushing yards, and eight rushing touchdowns. Overall, he's getting about 1,300 yards and nine touchdowns. It's 12.3 points per game. He is a back-end running back too. He's pretty much being valued at what I think his value should be. There are a lot of people that are calling him like a sleeper and a great guy to grab, and he could be a league winner. I don't really see any of that happening. He has too much injury history. The team is not run first mindset. He does not have a good carved out receiving role. Like, he's not efficient. The only way Akers can perform to what some people are claiming him to be a sleeper for is if he has a efficient season that it or a, a season that is 30% more efficient than he's ever been. He finally starts getting used in a receiving in a receiving role and the team runs more than they do. That's way too many variables that have to break the right way. It's not going to happen. So, especially knowing this team. So with that said, that's the Rams basically just confirming whoever has Cooper Cup Whoever has him ranked as like wide receiver one, I'm just confirming that for you. If you were kind of worried about him and, uh, you know, last year he was kind of hurt. Stafford was hurt. I don't know, man. There's a lot of stuff that that creates a value for you. And if Cooper Cup's going as like wide receiver four or five, that's awesome. Scoop him up there. So for me, he almost is in his own tier, but I don't want to make a tier with one person and then a second tier with like three people, which is what it's going to be looking like. So just know he's at the top of the tier firmly in wide receivers. But with that said, Puka Nakua is a good stash. Zach Evans is a good stash, both for Dynasty. And then Cooper Cup, I'm I'm excited to take him. Stafford is a decent value. Akers is like right around where he should be. Van Jefferson, I don't want any part of. That's the Los Angeles Rams for you guys. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Drop a rating. Drop a review. I'm really looking to try and get some more reviews in there so and some more viewers and listeners. So reach out to a friend, especially if you know you want you want them to get better at fantasy and you want to get some props from them. Say, hey, man, I know a guy who could help you out. Come listen to him. And they'll be like, hey, man, at the end of the season, thanks for uh, suggesting me 
to go look at a deep dive. And then the last thing is if you guys want the the result of all of the work of all of these podcasts, everything that you've listened to, if you want the result of that, it's not going to cost you much. It's $10 a month to become a Patreon with Dynasty Rewind. You will get so many things. You'll make your money back just alone off discounts. Off discounts for all the codes that are available there for everyone that becomes a Patreon. You're going to make your money back already. It's $10 a month. You get access to a whole bunch of whole bunch of tools of the fantasy football trade as well as my draft sheets. So it supports me. It supports all my guys there. And I'm a part of that team as well, as you guys know. So check out Dynasty Rewind. Check out the draft sheets over there. Um, and drop rating, drop review. Thanks, guys. Till next time. Peace. Thank you.